0: Welcome to Real Life, Real Care. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield. And on today's episode, what is detachment? And are you and your partner experiencing it? Well, that's where we are with our second episode of Saving Your Marriage Relationship with Bill Carpenter. This is Real Life, Real Care. Well, Bill, welcome back to Real Life, Real Care. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Bill Carpenter is the founder and a therapist at the Carpenter Hopes Counseling Center. He has a master's degree in marriage and family therapy and is a licensed associate marriage and family therapist and licensed associate counselor with extensive training and personal experience in working with marriage. If you missed our first episode with Bill, please go back and listen to it either on our website or on iTunes because it really sets up where we're going to go today. Uh, but for a quick review, we, we really spend a lot of time talking about protest and despair when something has begun to set couples adrift. Right. And whether that's addiction or whether that is financial trouble or whatever. that Coming home late. Come, yeah, just working too much. Whatever. The kids and right. their troubles or Ooh. whatever. That's a lot. It, there can be anything. Like yeah. I like how you said it in our first uh, episode in the series. It can be a thousand things. There's a thousand good reasons. That we can adrift from one another and we find ourselves in protesting and then in despair. And then I want to start today, kind of picking up where we left off in the last episode, which is talking about this concept of detachment. Help us define what does it mean to be still married even, still committed, but detached. What is that like and what does it feel like and how do I know if I am? Well, I'm not really
1: sure for any particular person what it feels like because everybody's experience is a little different in it. Mm-hmm. But what it's, what the words that come into my office are, we're like two people living in the same house, but we're not married anymore. Roommates. Right. They've just become roommates. And and so they both go to work. They both pay the bills. They both are part of raising the kids if the kids are even still around. Mm-hmm. But really, relationally, they're not connecting. They may be sleeping in the same bed. <laughs> they may or be may sleeping- not. Right. Separate bedrooms, very, very real, very real place. They're just not connected. And that place of connected, it, it's lasted for a long time.
0: You know, that's the condition that you've heard me talk about the high stability, low quality marriage. Because mm. some of those whoo, folks can stay detached emotionally, mentally, physically, even spiritually yes, detached from one absolutely. another for even decades. Right.
1: It's unbelievable. It's so sad for me because there's hope (laughs) and it it doesn't have to be that way and they could still even come back from that possibly it's a once it gets really no kidding detached once one of them has really detached it's very difficult to come back but even but even in a place where we talked about in the last episode how that nothing is impossible with god Mm. that if two people really want something different then they can, really can have something different that brings them back together. And it, every day, just, so just asking that question, are we detached already? As it relates to the relationship that you're in, just ask yourself three questions. Can I depend on my partner? If, if I had something bad happen, if I'm in a place of distress or, or just uh, feel sad, can I go to my partner? Will my partner be with be in that place, or will my partner tell me I just need to get over it? What I just need to just quit being sad. If you just quit being sad, we wouldn't be in this mess
0: that we're in. Or, or if you would just quit being fill in the blank, right? right. If, it doesn't if matter. You would just right. uh, go to church more. If you right. would just have sex oh with me gosh. more. Oh if, my gosh! Yeah. If you would just, I mean, there's a lot of. If you adjust, if I yeah, right. If you adjust, then every I wouldn't feel so distant from you. Right. I wouldn't feel so detached.
1: Right, and so again, that just makes sense to me. When people say that, they use that language because they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to make sense of what they're experiencing, and so it can't be me. I can't be the problem. It must be you. And unfortunately, in that place where both partners are, one or both partners are saying that about the other then it's really a hard place and so every day all day long just think about this for a minute every day all day long in every single conversation we're asking ourselves three four five questions just think about this we're asking ourselves in that conversation doesn't matter if it's with this most important person in the whole wide world our our spouse or if it's with our kids or with it's with mom or dad uh, it doesn't matter, brothers and sisters, people at work. It's all the same. Every single day, all day long, in every single conversation, we're asking three to five other que- five questions. It's like a silent script running in the background. We're saying, can I depend on you? Will you be there for me? Can I get the love that I need? Maybe not from a coworker, but certainly from your home. Can you get the love that you need? Will you answer when I call? Can I depend on you? Can I trust you? And all those questions, they have to be answered with a yes. And so if I go to my wife in a place of sadness, where I've had a hard day at work and I'm sad, and I bring that sadness to my wife, and and she doesn't know what to do with my sadness, maybe she's angry at me for something I've done previously, and she doesn't know what to do with my sadness, then the answer to those questions at least one or all is no. I can't depend on you. I can't get the love I need. You won't answer when I call. In uh, emotionally focused therapy, that's the the therapy that I practice, EFT, then it's called the A-R-E conversation. Accessible, the A is accessible, the R is responsive, and the E is engaged. So every day in every conversation, everyone we're we're wanting the other person to be accessible to us to be responsive to us and to be engaged
0: and would you say that there's some that in, in a lot in some in some couples let's say some relationships it's not an all or nothing answer to those so no, some not. couples seem like that they are accessible for some things and right. in certain ways right. but but maybe not accessible in other ways or right. at other times right For instance, I've known a lot of couples and seen them where they can join together well when there's a common, let's say, parenting need. We need to, I need your help with the kids, or we need to come together because they need something from us, and will you help me with my parenting role? And and I've seen a lot of couples go, yeah, I, I can be there for that, but hey, I'm sad, or I'm really got some things going on inside of me that I don't know what to do with, or I, I just got this big loss at work right. or whatever it is. Right. And they're not as accessible around those things. So it, it doesn't seem to me, and you can give me your thoughts on this, but it's not an all or nothing accessibility. It's, no. it's like bits and pieces over a thousand different things as yes. we've said before.
1: Right. It is. And, and the, so we're using language that, that feels soft, that feels vulnerable and there's this place of of here i've got my this sadness i'm grieving this loss well a couple that can connect at that level they have a secure and safe connection and the couples that i see god bless them god bless you The, the couples that i see for really good reasons that it's not safe and it's not secure in really important ways and so it's that place of hurt that place of fear that place of sadness and grieving, if, if a couple can't get to that place and communicate at that level, then they're stuck up here in what we call secondary emotion, up here in the anger, mm-hmm. up here in the frustration and the irritability and the going away. So the person who goes away, for really good reasons, they're going away to protect the relationship, but in their going away, it leaves the one who's fighting for the relationship in a place of, of aloneness that's awful for them. It's an awful aloneness. So this awful aloneness is looking over at this person who goes away and it it doesn't look like it's so awful for them. They've just gone away and so they can't connect. It just, it ruins connection and you do that enough times over a long enough period of time. It could be over coming home late. It could be over uh, not uh, taking the trash out. I am not Kidding. The things that Mm -hmm. that hurt relationships for really good reasons, those things hurt and they can't talk about it. Those things just really do wear over time. It's like, is it like sandpaper? Is it like sandblasting? Is it like a
0: jackhammer?
1: It just, for every relationship, is different. The key is how how can they repair ever and they get that place where they don't feel like they can't.
0: And I want to get to that in this conversation uh, today, which is, what is this attachment and bonding that couples have? So we we spend a lot of time, and I think necessarily so, saying there's somebody listening to this going, yeah, that, that's me. Yeah. That's us. Yeah. I get that. I maybe haven't been able to put it into those words, right. but those words fit me. And I want to know what is it like to feel something different than that? And is that possible? So I want to talk about that in just a minute. But first, before we go to the break, I just want to bring back the this idea you said it a couple of times today. the words we're using to talk about this, and it it feels like that couples that are detached that have not been able to answer yes to what they're excessive responsive, and engaged they've for whatever reasons they've they've answered those no and they don't seem to have the language. They don't have the words. The words seem impossible, far away, or like they don't even exist. Right. And so I don't even try to to engage because there's no words that seem safe.
1: Right. So I, I love what you're saying here. I want to be really, try and be quick here.
0: We have plenty of words. We
1: have plenty of words. It's if we don't have the words that are elusive, that are underneath. There's so much happening up here in the cycle. Uh, some so much going on in the cycle that in and between that drives them apart that they don't have words that are softer that allows them to lean into those difficult places and share their hearts they're too busy protecting for really good
0: reasons so if i can combine something we talked about in episode 1 with this episode 2 of the series saving your marriage relationship couples get stuck in protest language yeah and, oh, yeah. and talking about despair language or are you accessible to me language or responsive language is a really hard step to take, but a very important step that couples have sometimes need some help to slow down. Right. And let's get beyond the surface emotions and protest right. language and let's get to what's really going on right. underneath that. Right. And and that's where this thing of bonding and attachment can begin to see. So let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and, and define that a little bit. And we to talk about what creates bonding and attachment, what, what fertilizes it, what helps it to grow. And, uh, Bill Carpenter's with us today, Saving Your Marriage Relationship, and we'll be right back on Real Life, Real Care. Well, as we take a break here, I want to just tell you a few things about Bill and the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center. Bill can be reached personally in his center at a couple of different ways. I'm going to give that to you in just a minute. So if you don't have something to write this down with, grab something. But if something you've heard so far on this series, Saving Your Marriage Relationship with Bill Carpenter, is meaningful to you or someone that you know, we want you to be able to share this. We want you to tell them about this weekend show that comes on, Real Life Real Care. We want you to share that. We also want you to know that you can share this episode even after it's aired. You can go to iTunes and search for Real Life Real Care with Dr. Barry Wingfield, and then you can share this on Facebook, by email, even by text. You can let them know that they can download and listen to this message on saving your marriage relationship. You can also go to SoundCloud. If you're not an iTunes follower, just go to soundcloud.com and run the same search. Real Life, Real Care with Dr. Barry Wingfield, and you can forward this episode. To get in touch with Bill Carpenter at the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center, you can call 501-920-6096. You can email him at info at tchcc.us, and that just stands for the Carpenters Hope Counseling Center.us. info at tchcc.us. And you can also call us at the care clinic as we have other students and other counselors in training that work in these same issues that deal with saving marriages. And that's at 501-219-9245. Well, let's get back to this very important conversation with Bill Carpenter, Saving Your Marriage Relationship. Well, Bill, thanks again for being here today. We're going to continue this conversation, and we've just been talking about what detachment is, what it feels like, and how we kind of get stuck in that cycle of detachment. We get stuck in language that's kind of further detach detaching language. Right. If you don't mind me making up some terms as we oh, go, bring it, <laughs> bring it. Um, so what we've implied is that that there is a reattachment process. We talked that God has created us for connection, so we we just believe based on a a faith, really, that for even couples that feel like I can't attach anymore, there's nothing left right. on me or around me, there's no words, I don't know how to, in fact, maybe I've given up hope that I can attach to anyone, Right scares me to death, don't even wanna try. Right. So let's define the opposite. And then in our next two shows, we're gonna to get to some real specific how-tos and some real help things, but let's define a little bit about what attachment and bonding is in a marriage or in a relationship, really any relationship, I think this would apply. What is it? How does it grow? What really does create it?
1: Right, so uh, it's a process whereby two people who really care about each other, maybe at the point where they begin this process, they don't care. One of them really doesn't care or could care less for really good reasons, Uh, but maybe they both care and maybe one of them just cares and the other one's not sure. It doesn't matter that in either of those situations, I feel like I can help them. Someone who knows what to do can help them begin to experience something different. And so as I sit with those couples and other people like me, I'm not the only one, but as other people sit with those couples, then as they begin to experience something different in session, what happens is is I'll ask a question. I say, what's coming up for you right now? What are you experiencing right now? And I often hear the word hope many times in the first session. I feel a little bit more hopeful or I feel some hope. And then I'll ask them, where do you feel that hope? Can you point to it? And they'll point to their heart and I'll say, can you touch that place? And so we just explore that place. And so,
0: so you slow them down and say, this is a big deal. Yeah. You're calling attention to the fact that right. you may have all but given up. Right. And, and written hope off. Right. But something's happening right now that says, "Wait a minute, maybe God's not done with me. Maybe He's not done with us." And you don't want Him to jump past that too quickly. No, right. So thank you for that.
1: So I work real hard. It's I call it three miles per hour Mm. that I work real hard to keep, to just to help them stay at three miles per hour. They pop up and it gets real fast. You know, anger, frustration comes up. It's okay. I know what to do with that. But the couple needs that opportunity to sit in that place of slowing down because when they begin to slow down the interactions, they can see themselves differently. That's part of it. They can see themselves and the good reasons they do what they do. So imagine the husband and wife, both of them being able to see a little bit of the good reasons they are doing what they do and then the good reasons their partner does what they do. So when you come at me with anger, I go away, and when I go away, you feel alone, and so just helping them slow down is very helpful.
0: And they and they begin to feel that hope, right? And then it allows. What about that slowdown and experience of hope uh, creates an opportunity for a new or reattachment experience? Right. And how do I know if that? Can I trust that? Right? Can I trust that this is a real attachment that I'm? We're actually. Because you, and I use that word attachment a lot. It's maybe we could use a, a more generic word of just getting closer, connected, connected, bonding. Yeah. So, how can I trust that we're actually that that's real? Because right. it seems like we got twenty years, ten years, twenty months, right. whatever of detachment, and you can slow me down and give me a little hope. But I'm scared to believe that that's real, right? And I want to discount it. So how do I? How does a couple know that? this new experience or old experience re experienced for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. is a real attaching closeness, connectedness,
1: right? So uh, everything you're saying is true. All of it is true that, uh, you feel it, you feel it in your body and when your body feels that place that feels, Oh, this is different. So I help couples experience something new, different or better. I help them experience something new, different, or better. And when they experience that newness, it creates space. So now we're running slow. It's just three miles per hour, and they're having a different kind of conversation that when they walked in, they could not have for really good reasons. Mm -hmm. It creates space. They can breathe. I said, what's it like for you right now? I can breathe. I'm feeling something different so we explore that it matters so much those emotions in that place matter so much that new space out of that new space that they have where they can breathe where they can feel and they feel something different in themselves and for the other then that just naturally it just naturally creates hope I don't it's not something I do artificially that it's them it's God in them. It's God in the session, creating the hope in them. Me, I'm just a facilitator. I help them do what they can't do. I help them have conversations that right now they can't have. And so that hope comes forth out of their own hearts. I don't produce that. They do it themselves. It's God in them. I don't know, but it's it's beautiful to see. Yeah.
0: That, that's that's why I'm here. And, and what I... As I'm hearing you and I'm thinking of our listeners hearing that, I'm interpreting that moment with a couple mm-hmm. where they're allowing themselves to feel something different right there. Right. Either brand new or so old it feels new mm-hmm. in that moment. And I've been scared to even Right. I've been scared to even think it's possible, mm-hmm. but yet here it is. Right. And that is the beginning. That's the it's fertile just, ground of just what beginning. bonding and attachment, closeness can be and connection right. can go from there, but it can't build before that without no. or without that.
1: No, it's done in slices. I use the term slices or steps. It's done in increments. Uh, a person talked about how this wall they erected, this imaginary, this, this wall between the two of them, and it was so high, the partner can't get over the wall. They, they can't. It's so high. And in that session, but the same partner who's erected this wall, because of the interaction that was different, this partner says, the wall has come down an inch. Mm. And, and many times, especially at first, the, the progress is in inches. And as they left, I said, now I, here I just give you permission to go get it wrong and for you guys to go back into your cycle and do it again. And, I, and really, even now as we're talking, I wish I hadn't used the word wrong but just to go back in and do what they're doing. It's okay. It's the process of healing, of reconciling. It comes in slices, it comes in steps. I love what you said. I missed it earlier and, and I wanted to remember it. There's this place where this couple begins to experience something beautiful at first. It could be even in the fifth, eighth session where they're experiencing something new and deeper and beautiful and for really good reasons. One partner can't take it in. So they don't trust what they're experiencing because, again, it makes sense. They can't trust what they're experiencing. This partner, that they've longed for this partner to show up for them, to show them the softer side of who they are, their tears, they've longed for that. They've wanted that for so long. Show me your heart. Show me your heart. Show me your heart. And there's nothing but anger. But now this person's able to access the softer part of who they really are, parts they didn't even know existed. They're able to access and share it. And now this person who's longed for that for so long, they don't trust it. And so they protest right there, and they turn away. They roll their eyes or they turn away. And, and so I, in my heart, I smile. They're just, it's okay, this is what they do. And so I just help them process that. And just help them trust just to see if they can take just a leaving a little bit of that
0: in. So the couple or the individual that's hearing this conversation and goes, you know, that sounds great. And I would love to have a moment of hope with right. my spouse or my partner. Right. With, I would love to have that kind of experience where we actually slowed down right. enough to share just a piece of our hearts together because we haven't done that in forever, and I've almost given up. I don't think it's possible. Right. And I've heard couples. You have too, I know, that said, "Well, I would, but they, you know, right. they can't exactly. hear it. They won't hear it. They For really you don't, good reasons. You don't know all that they've done. Right. And it's just I can't trust that that's authentic anymore. Yeah. And so, what I, the message of hope I'm hearing today it, from you, so, so well put, is that yes, it's real. It is real. It may. It may take a lot, some time, and it will take time it to is. translate from this room to your right. living room. Right. Because here you're trusting me, and you're trusting me to right. navigate, facilitate, and in, and coach this. And when you go home to your living room, right. it doesn't feel so safe anymore. And <laughs> Bill, you're supposed to come home with us, right? And right. Yeah, I've been asked that. I have too. Yeah. yeah you get yeah. those conversations, like. Well, but it works great when you're here, but right. what happens when you're not here? Right. And that's this one inch at a time, slow this thing down. Right. Let, we got to take some time to rebuild trust. And at first, it it has to rebuild in a safe place. Right. And I'm here to just provide this artificial right. safety.
1: That proves to you, your body, that the safety that, that a therapist can provide in that place, that safety that you experience here is your proof that you can do it out there.
0: Yeah, that's it. That that's the message. Knowing
1: how to do it on your own, I, I promise. I want to work myself out of a job. Yeah. I don't want you to come in forever. I want to help you guys get to a place where you can do this on the on your own.
0: Absolutely. In fact, next time, let's talk about the couple. Uh, whether it happens in your office or in their living room, sure. if they've decided I want to take the first steps with this, mm-hmm. I've, I've, for whatever reason, God has allowed me to believe again mm-hmm. and allowed me to have some hope mm-hmm. when i thought i was hopeless yep. and now i'm willing to take bill i'm going to take you at your word and i'm going to take my first inch step with my spouse okay or and i'm going to slow down i'm going to do it 3 miles an hour not expect it to be overnight and i'm willing to get that but i need you to coach me so when we come when we come back to the studio i want you to help coach us, those of us willing to take those first steps and how we might begin this reattachment process. And and we'll see where we go. Yeah, it'll be fun, yeah. We'll have fun again. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield and you've been listening to Real Life, Real Care with Bill Carpenter, Saving Your Marriage Relationship. And I'll be right back. Well, thank you for listening today to this episode of Real Life, Real Care. And Bill Carpenter was our guest today of the Carpenter Hope Counseling Center. In this series that we're calling Saving Your Marriage Relationship, you can access this episode by going to iTunes or to soundcloud.com and just search for Real Life, Real Care with Dr. Barry Wingfield, and it'll come up, and you can share this episode with someone in your family or friend or someone at your church or maybe even your pastor that they can then share with others. If you want to get a hold of Bill, you can contact him at the Carpenter's Hope Counseling Center, 920-6096. That's 501-920-6096. You can email him at info, I-N-F-O, at T-C-H-C-C Our goal here at Real Life Real Care is to open up conversations like this one with Bill uh, on important mental health and relationship topics and also to connect the Central Arkansas community to local professionals in the mental health field who practice from a spiritually sensitive perspective. This show is not intended to constitute professional advice, nor is it a substitute for professional care for any individual or couple by a doctor, counselor, or family therapist. And the guests who appear on Real Life Real Care express their own opinions You know, it's just a reality that sometimes we find ourselves dealing with circumstances or conditions that those around us simply don't have the education or experience to know what to do or how to respond. The Care Clinic, along with the JBU Graduate Counseling and MFT Program in Little Rock, is meeting these needs by providing expert training and experiences to step into this gap and provide spiritually sensitive help when it's needed the most so that people can get back to the life and purpose that God designed for them to live. Life isn't always as it should be. The care clinic at Little Rock is here to help. I'm Dr. Barry Wingfield, and thank you for listening to Real Life, Real Care.